Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Hey, Amber, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Blake, for having me on today. So I would venture to bet that people who are seeing the title of this episode are like, huh? Uh -huh. (laughs) Because the title of this episode is Rethinking Comparison. And I really, I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Before we jump in, tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast, which is Grace Enough. Sure. Well, my name is Amber Cullum. I am the wife of Sam. We've been together, goodness, 12 or 13 years. Um, He's getting ready to turn 40 this weekend, which is a total side note. It just seems so crazy. (laughs) Happy birthday, Sam. I know, that's right. Well, the time this airs, it will have already happened, but I'm like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. Um, (laughs) And then I'm a mama to three. I have a 10, eight, and almost five-year-old. Um, I homeschool them, not full-time, and outside of coronavirus, we do a hybrid model school all the time, which is they go to school two days a week, and then I have them at home, homeschooled the other three days, which is really a cool model. And yeah. I know, right? And then um, I am obviously a child of God and very grateful for the grace of Jesus in my life. Um, I was a physical therapist before coming a, becoming a stay-at-home mom eight years ago and then got into podcasting, I think, two years ago now. Yeah, Me too. Was, yeah, February 2019. So, oh, nice. Yeah, and so that's it's fun because you can be at home um, mm-hmm. with your kids yet still do something that you're passionate about. So that's a little bit about me. Well, and that's what I love about podcasting. I've had some people ask if I planned to travel and speak and maybe one day, but my kids are three and six yeah. and I can reach a ton of people from my office and pick up my kids from school later. You know what I mean? It's like so true. And in addition to that, it's like you can reach people and you get to also learn when you're yes. an interview podcaster. It's like, yes, I selfishly interview people also that I want to learn from. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Like I said that before we started recording that yeah. I'm excited to kind of have my normal train of thought challenged in this conversation yeah. because, and I, I have, I keep a notebook when I interview so that I can kind of stay on track, but also I end up 
just taking notes for myself same. the whole time. I'm the exact same. Learning. I love it. So like I said, the title of the episode is Rethinking Comparison. And we're coming at this concept of comparison from a little bit of a different perspective than usual. Because I think both in the church and in the world, you hear phrases like comparison is the thief of joy. Uh, and I have believed that for a really long time. But you have this idea that comparison can be a useful tool yep. if we use it to point us towards godliness. And I would love to just let you unpack that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I heard that and continue to hear that and agree that, you know, it can be the thief of joy. It can make you want things that other people have when really we need to be content with what we have. And so I know all of those things are very, very true. But mm -hmm. it's interesting that you had said, you know, how much you learn from podcasts. And I said it as well, because one of the first times that I really started thinking about comparison differently was listening to a podcast episode and reading an article that Abigail Dodds wrote. And she mm. says in that, one of the quotes that just got me diving in, you know, deep into the waters of like, how do I change my thinking about comparison? As she said, comparison is a fundamental part of being a human being because it is how we acquaint ourselves with reality. Mm. And so I thought about that and I thought, well, is that really true? Because one thing I've learned about being a Christian is that there are a lot of scriptures that say, do not do this. But when that comes out of the mouth of someone else, I'm like, mm. I mean, does that really help us not to do it? To just say, don't do it? What does that mean? How do you just not do something? And so what I started to learn as I continue to read God's word and think about it is that really it's not so much the do not statement that helps us that much. It's usually what comes before that statement and after that helps us to actually not do the thing we're being asked not to do, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that was the way that I felt about why do we keep telling everybody not to compare? Well, because there is this temptation um, that can lead to sinful behavior when we do compare. Mm -hmm. But think about this. We're in kindergarten, and what's one of the very first things that we are asked to do? Compare and contrast. <laughs> yeah. Right? We get yeah, these little worksheets, right. and you're like, okay, we have um, a dog and a cat. What's the same and what's different? Well, why do we learn to do that? It's, we want to be able to acquaint ourselves with reality. We want to be able to look at the person and say, this person is safe. This person is not safe. This yeah. person cares for me. This person doesn't care for me. Well, how do we know that if we completely take comparison off the table? Yeah. And so when I started <laughs> to think, I know, right? It's crazy like, when you wait. start... <laughs> When you start thinking about the fact that, like, we just all all the time, just don't ever do that ever again. Yeah, I'm like, it's bad. Really? <laughs> yeah. They literally teach you how to do it in kindergarten, so. And, and, we, and, and we're going to dig in a little bit about how actually yeah. God even says that at times to do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because there is a, there's a 
good way to do it, and there are dangerous traps to it. And isn't that so often the truth? It's rarely an either or. It is almost always a both and. Yes. And so I I kept thinking about it. And the next thing was, you know, then we go to like middle school, high school, and we're doing Venn diagrams. Well, what is a Venn diagram? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's totally comparing and contrasting. 100%. Right. What's the same and what's different? And so... I started thinking, you know, we we can't really know what is right and true if we never use our brain to compare and contrast. Mm. And then in Romans 12, 2, one of these passages that if you have been a Christian for very long, you have heard it and you have heard it a lot because it says, do not be conformed to this world. But then Mm -hmm. how does it tell us to do that? It says, by the renewing of your mind. And by that, then we can test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Mm-hmm. And so testing, if you think about it, isn't that a form, a way of comparing and contrasting? How do we test something? You know? Right. You, it's right. Just, and so when I started thinking about that, like my mind was just blown blade mine is 100 percent like (laughs) like running in circles a little bit (laughs) yeah and I mean I just I I have thought so many times you know we look around and we compare one person's life with another person's life and we do make judgments on how we should live based on that comparison but you know we don't just do that with people that's also how as a believer, we look at the life of Christ, mm-hmm. and it's part of how we know if we're producing good fruit and bad fruit. How do we even know what good fruit is? Is it just because we read a list? Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I feel like this is one of those things which we as humans do all the time mm-hmm. where you take something and you take it to the extreme 100%. and it loses its goodness. And it loses its impact. So we've taken this word or this concept of comparison and in our human nature, run with it in the direction of comparing ourselves to other people, comparing ourselves to their successes, their failures, their who they are, when in reality, God gave us this capacity for, you know, comparing things to one another and contrasting them like he equipped he made us naturally I think with that leaning that is human nature but when it's sanctified and it's aimed towards God it's exactly what you're saying we're able to test the spirits we're able to compare and contrast the fruit Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to look like what this connotation that we've given this word Well, yeah, and if you, again, take, because we're talking about comparison, if we really had no, and this is just how my brain thinks, and then this is sometimes how I can get somewhat irritated with Christians, and um, (laughs) because I know that I have (laughs) followed you, that you can feel very similar, maybe in a different way, but I can get irritated because I'm like, we don't have to check out and not use our brain. Yes. To be a believer. Yes. 
It's okay. It's okay. That could be the whole episode. Right? It's okay to not take every single thing that someone Mm. says and just swallow it down because it comes from a pulpit. Mm -hmm. Or an Instagram or a book. Yeah. And it's getting even more dangerous now because we have more people willing to speak up. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But we do have to learn to test and approve what is good. Mm -hmm. And so while we look and we view comparison as a bad thing because we really shouldn't be comparing ourselves to other people and what they have or don't have, we do want to be able to test and approve what someone is saying, how they're living their life. Because otherwise, we're in big trouble and we're lacking wisdom and discernment when you don't do that. So I would venture to say that most people listening have had their, they've had their share of negative experiences with Mm -hmm. comparison in some form or fashion with it actually robbing them of their joy or of their relationships or it being destructive. Same, 100%. So as you've rethought and kind of restructured your relationship with comparison, how... I'm like, how, how did you do that? Like, what's your advice for steering that negative or not? I think innate, natural, negative comparison to being a positive experience that pushes us towards God. And then once you answer that, I want to unpack more that like we as Christians don't have to take our brains out and like put them on the table because I'm real passionate about that too. (laughs) (laughs) I I just keep getting more and more passionate about that as we continue to only take in, uh, you know, 25 words um, Mm -hmm. in social media. But anyways, yes, that is a side note. So here's the thing. I am a mom of three. And when I first started having children and being at home with them, I mean, I've always compared myself to people. Mm -hmm. But during that time, it was so difficult because I knew with all my heart that I loved Jesus. I knew it. I mean, he ministered to me in the deepest, darkest spaces of postpartum depression and so many things. But I found myself living in a place where I just could not escape comparing myself to what other people owned and what I didn't. And it was so bizarre because it was just a constant battle to the point where I didn't want to invite people into my home because Mm -hmm. my home didn't look like theirs. Um, I didn't want to really go to other people's gatherings. And a lot of it was because I just could not stop the runaway train of why don't I have all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would battle it in so many different ways. And so as I begin working through this and embracing the reality that it's 100% natural to assess those around you, but the problem is not in the assessing. The problem really is in our sin nature and how we take something that helps us examine our reality, Mm -hmm. helps us examine our surroundings, and could potentially lead us to greater holiness, and we use it as a tool to really do one of two things. We either say, I am better than, (laughs) or I don't measure up. Yep. 
And that's the danger, right? That is where you have to, making the shift has, has been everything for me because I still compare. Right. All the time. Right. I right. Mean, but I can stop that runaway train so much faster because I just, at this point, I think I have this heart check that I now do that really, really helps me. Mm-hmm. And it's, re- it's first asking myself the question, why am I comparing? Oh, like, why am I doing? Why this? am I even doing this? Yeah. And that can just kind of shift your mindset a little bit anyways, because, you know, the problem is, is that we just get the runaway thoughts and we don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're taught in school, if you've done any type of journalism or anything, is basically a- answer a question with a question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus yeah. did it too. It yeah. really makes you stop and think. And so why am I comparing? Then the second one I'll ask myself is, is the comparison breeding in me like this sinful behavior Mm. or is it motivating me toward godliness, toward something positive? Because that can happen. Um, And then the, the third thing that I often ask myself is, is this fulfilling my purpose to glorify God? And let me give a little example of that. It's really easy. I mean, okay, I get the question often. How do you do it? You get up in the morning, you have these three kids, you podcast, they're at home with you, um, and you do a quiet time every morning. I mean, I know you do it because I know you. Mm-hmm. And I have said, listen, don't, number one, don't think it's perfect because it's not. Right. And right. number two, are you even a morning person? If you're exactly. not, don't adopt necessarily when I'm doing something or when Mm -hmm. someone else is doing something or how they're doing it. But what is the main thing they're doing that can point you towards godliness? Well, in the case of a quiet time, it is, I know spending time with Jesus is what makes me more like him. Amen. That needs to be the goal. When you do it doesn't matter. Exactly. And I love that. That's okay. So, (laughs) I have such an analytical brain it, to the to a fault. Like it gets me in trouble sometimes. <laughs> but I can literally picture what you're saying as it's it's essentially critical thinking. It's it breaking is. it down and saying, "Okay, I look at Amber's life and what I know about her life." Yes. And I see the fruit of her spending time with God every single day. And you have a choice Mm -hmm. to go the direction of, well, she does it in the morning with three kids that she homeschools. She's superwoman. I'm never going to look like that. So I may as not even try. That's right. Or you go the direction of, I see this fruit. And while like maybe my kids wake up at 5 a.m. And look, I'm not waking up at 4. Amen. I can take, I can glean from her that this is important and it's worth prioritizing and I can find a way to fit it into my own life. That's right. I mean, it's, it's so true because even when it comes to things like it's so easy and these seem so trivial, but the reality is women are listening and we, we all be comparing our house to some other woman's house. Mm -hmm. I mean, come Mm -hmm. on now, baby. I mean, I'm, I think that I probably do it more than others. I don't do it (laughs) as much as I used to. Yeah. 
But sometimes if we just look at the person and we're so afraid, we're so quick to just say, like you, like you said, throwing, you know, the baby out with the bathwater almost. Well, she has X, Y, and Z, and I'll never have that, so I might as well not even try. Well, exactly. number one, why do you even want it? Mm. And number what do you two, think it's going to give you? That's right. And number two, have you ever even thought about maybe just asking that person? You know, your home is so cozy and inviting. How do you do that? I would mm-hmm. love that because I actually want mine. Or maybe it's something like that is their passion and their gifting Mm -hmm. and that they're very, very good at it. And so we don't need to be jealous and compare to them, but instead maybe ask if that person can help you. Right. Okay, you guys know I'm always recommending books to you. It's kind of my job. And as much as I love sitting down and actually reading a book, that hardly ever happens. Instead, I listen to them on Audible when I'm in the car, when I'm doing dishes, sometimes even when I'm working out. Right now, I'm listening to A Mind of Your Own by Kelly Brogan. Definitely put that one on your list. But the way Audible works is you pay $15 a month, you get one credit that you can use on a book, and if you don't use that credit, it rolls over to the next month for up to a year. So since you're a listener of Confessions of a Crappy Christian, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash crappychristian. You can pick your first audiobook for free today. And if you aren't sure what book to start with, I always suggest When to Walk Away by Gary Thomas. So just go to audibletrial.com slash crappychristian to start your free 30-day trial. Okay, let's get back to the show. And I love what you said about that. Do why do I even want this? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a that quote by Amy Poehler: "Good for her, not for me." Yeah, that we think that just because we see something good in someone else's life, that means it needs to be present in ours. When and that's completely stripping away your own thoughts, your own abilities, your own priorities. Yes. So I may love going over to my friend's house, who is their home is spotless and it's cozy and it's welcoming and I love that but that just that's okay if that's not a priority for me it's totally okay and it doesn't make you less than and it doesn't make the other person more than that goes back to that overarching of we want to use comparison to say I'm better than or I don't measure up and really that doesn't do anybody any good because you kind of Mm -hmm. make another person almost an enemy Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. This negative, our negative track of comparison is so divisive. That's right. It is. Because we're either taking on things that we were never even meant to take on, Mm -hmm. or we are making someone an enemy that exactly like you said, we could instead humble ourselves and say, hey, teach me about this. I would like to learn. Like, is not one of the greatest compliments having someone coming to you and asking how you do something because they admire that in yourself. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't we gift other people with that? It's because we're so proud. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting, I love what you're saying about we, it either takes us to a place of better than or less than worse than both require pride. I mean, they really do. I mean, it's, 
it's easy to say, oh, I don't measure up is not pride. But mm, if you start really digging into that, Mm -hmm. you will find that there is some pride issues there. Because you're too proud to even, usually that manifests as being too proud to even ask. That's right. It's so true. And that's to the thing. learn. I don't want anybody to think that there, you know, there isn't bad fruit in comparison because we all know that's true. We all know that there can be, you know, this pride, the envy, shame, discouragement, discontentment that comes from comparison. But there are. There are some good fruits. I mean, think about things like comparing can actually help you implement healthy routines in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it can help you become more self-controlled. Uh, yeah. It, it can motivate you towards change. Um, it can help you model Christ more because if we look at Scripture, it does ask us to be imitators of Christ. And I don't know how we can imitate him if we don't know him. And, I mean, it's that's what you do to be like someone else. You say, oh, well, in this area of my life, I'm being super judgy and rude. Was mm-hmm. Jesus judgy and rude? Mm, mm-hmm. He was very direct and judgy, but not in a bad way. <laughs> right. He's the God of right. the universe. Right. And he did it in a loving way. Well, Lord God, please make me more like that. Because... right. And so there are things, you know, it can also help us provide a vision for what is possible for us down the line. Maybe there is Mm -hmm. that woman in your life that you respect and you're like, there's something about her that I respect and admire. And instead of feeling jealous, let's look and say, how can I adopt her principles instead of the practice? Yeah, if that makes sense, like the principle of like quiet time, for example, versus it doesn't all have to be done exactly the way she's doing it. Exactly. So and and again, it kind of circles back to what we were talking about in the beginning that we've taken something that could that God could use to teach us and grow us Mm -hmm. and make us look more like him. Right. So if I see someone, if there's someone in my life, which hopefully there is that looks more like Jesus than I do. Yes. Then I would see that in them by comparing. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, it's your thought life really ultimately is what it comes down to. And I have the choice to see, you know, I have a really incredible mentor in my life. She 100% looks more like Jesus than I do because she's older and she's wiser and she has more experience And so every time I encounter, you know, we spend time talking and, and I'd spend learning from her if I wanted to, or I let the enemy have his way, I could walk away from those conversations thinking, well, I'm not where she is and I'm never going to be. Right. Or I can walk away filled up and thankful for the fact that she wants to pour into me and spend time teaching me. And that, in essence, requires some comparison. I mean, it really does. And it's so hard to even wrap your mind around it sometimes because I know from experience that people listening right now are saying, well, that's not really the same thing we're talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But listen, I'm telling you right now from experience, if you start digging deep and you do some of those heart check things, 
I promise you it will change. And if you really do look and say this, do not, do not, do not, can be really dangerous because you don't want to take comparison completely off the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Absolutely. really don't. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it robs you of, to me, it's, it's a story of redemption. I'm a really big believer that God can redeem and use anything. Yes. There is no limit on what God can use and what God can redeem. And I don't think the comparison is exempt from that. Yeah. It's unout. So how have you seen a positive or an impact in your life from shifting your view of comparison? Yeah. I mean, I think for me personally, I... Like I shared earlier, I I wouldn't say I'm completely um, consumed with comparison. I will say there are certain things that will spin me into that really quickly. Mm -hmm. And I had always focused not so much on, you know, comparison is the thief of joy because, I mean, isn't that a quote from like Teddy (laughs) Roosevelt or somebody? I I think it's like a president. I mean... (laughs) Sorry, <laughs> not that there's not value in that, but I'm just saying, um, right, I did Bible. take some more of my thoughts from in Galatians. It does say, um, each one should test their own actions. Mm-hmm. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for mm-hmm. each one should carry their own load. So when I would think about comparison, I would kind of go in that um, realm and say, oh, well, that's why I shouldn't do it because I shouldn't be comparing myself to someone else. But as I began to dive deep and look at this, you know, the command there is to test your own actions, Mm -hmm. which is part of the reason why I came up with this heart check idea because we naturally do not test our own actions. We naturally test everyone else's and Ooh. judge theirs. <laughs> yeah. And blame yeah. shift. And so what I began to see was some exposure in my own heart about what the root of the problem was. And for me, it was a huge root of just discontentment with what I have. Mm. And honestly, I would not consider myself on the surface a very discontent person, Blake. Yeah. The thing is, is that so many times we don't even let ourselves dig deep to know what the problem is because instead we just say, don't do it. Amen. And we run from it. And then you, then it just comes up again. Which is kind of what we were talking about that I wanted to get into before we end the interview, which is that we think we have to take our brain out. It's, yes. And that, that's in this and in this postmodern culture. People, we cannot do that. You no. have to know. Why don't I do this? Because I'm sorry if you look at somebody else and just say, don't compare or don't believe this or don't believe that. You now exist in a world where somebody's going to look at you and be like, why not? And you should be able to answer. <laughs> That's right. 
And it's embarrassing. <laughs> totally is. When you're watching people stand up on soapboxes and say that this is truth. And then somebody says, why? <laughs> and they don't have an answer. And it is, I really do think that it boils down to exactly what you said, is this inability to go deeper within ourselves. Yeah, and to dig. So in, in part of going deeper within yourself, if you're a follower of Jesus, is digging into his word and actually figuring out why he gave us some mm. um, parameters to live our life by. Mm -hmm. Those parameters are not there to make you a morally good person. Yeah. Those parameters are there because they really are the safest and the best way to live. That's what makes them moral to begin with. Can we just take a second? Yeah. Those things were not put into place to make you a morally good person. Mm -hmm. Like there are people who are listening to this that that rubs against them wrong. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm not. And I'm not taking, again, morality off. The no, table. absolutely <laughs> not. No, that is that is, you know, we, we, part of the Christian walk is to look more like God and sanctification and morality absolutely is is a part of that but we have made it the main pursuit oh for sure blindly <laughs> and we have made it mm, we have made it something to where even our children in Sunday school can begin to think that their behavior is what determines if they will lose or keep God's love Mm. Hmm. it is not it is a repentant heart that is longing for jesus and redemption does yeah. behavior matter 100 percent. because but it's an indicator know, that's right we know that fruit matters that right. is throughout scripture and jesus does matter jesus does care about how we act but it's not so we earn his love it's so that we can show a dying world that there is a better option. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> Come on. I mean, yes, that this is not Sunday school. That And I honestly, well, and this is just my personality. I'm here for a good debate. I love pushback. Ask me why I believe things. I would love to, because I know why. Like, I know why I believe X, Y, and Z. Yes. Well, and I don't have a problem, Blake. If I don't know, I can now at this point in my life look and say, you know what? I don't feel really solid about why I believe just like just that. But I tell you what Absolutely. I, do, I will figure out why I believe that. Right. Right. I will go and I will read and I will study. And if you ask me even to look at your perspective, I will do it because we have to get to a point where we're not afraid that we're going to be led astray by someone else's questions and doubts. Amen. And you cannot do that if you are not spending time with Jesus. Amen. Lord, come or on, girl. Just listen <laughs> to someone from a stage. And that is not a pastor's responsibility to teach you everything you know about your walk with Jesus. No, it's not. And we've made it their responsibility. It, we really have. And honestly, no human being should bear that for another human being. Their no. responsibility is to teach God's word. And 
listen, after having been out of church for months and months and just listening mm-hmm. and walking in and finally sitting underneath someone else's teaching, I was reminded of why I'm grateful for pastors and Absolutely. not because I don't study on my own, but it even makes me sometimes question things in a way that I wouldn't otherwise. And that mm-hmm. makes me go back and search. Which, it, yeah, like I think good pastors and good teachers give us the tools to do that ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And so that's what I try to do is give people the information and equip them to educate themselves biblically and on a world view stage. Yeah. Um, because, but I think that that boils down to it's because I know that I don't have all the answers. I know. Right. And I don't want to be responsible for that. Well, and we can't, we, we don't want to make anybody responsible for that. I, I mean, I think there are excellent resources that we need to use. Um, but again, oh, I just, I want people to just at least be in the word and read it yourself because mm-hmm. you might disagree with some things that are being taught, but you know, there are why there's wise counsel in the word and then there's wise counsel in the world, but I mean, not in the world, but other teachers. And you have to put on your thinking cap and ask God to help you discern those things. Absolutely. And he will, he will, he will. He's and when you get that little, um, voice inside you that is saying, Hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't push that away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. I, that's the thing. I just constantly am like, okay, Lord, this person said that, and I'm not sure about that. Or I always believe this, and I'm not sure that's true. Help lead me, guide me, and then we kind of got to be patient to let that happen. Yes. I love that. And I love your wisdom that that this is all tied together, that rethinking, even just, you know, the the meat of this conversation was rethinking comparison. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's even bigger than that. And it's knowing and and approaching things from an informed and educated way and not just saying, well, this is the way that it's been done. So this is the way I have to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so thankful for because I and I told you this before we started recording that I I read kind of some (laughs) of your thoughts on this and was thinking, well. Are you know about I that? Know. And then I, but, but I, my, where I ended up landing was, yeah, I want to have my thought pattern on this challenged. Yeah. I want, I want somebody to reframe comparison for me. And I love it because you totally did. And I know not just for me, but for everybody listening. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that part of you that I'm sure a lot of people, you said before that a lot of people kind of tilt their head at, that this idea that comparison can be a useful tool. Yeah. As soon as I've said it, um, I've shared it with a couple different groups and on a couple different podcasts. And I mean, immediately it's like, what? <laughs> and, you know, I get it. But yeah. I, I also get. That- but you also have the stuff to back it up. You're, you know, you're not just saying, mm, let's think about this differently. You're yeah. able to say, and here's why, That's you know. Right. Yeah. So can you tell everybody where to find and follow you and keep up with with you? Sure. 
Um, well, you can listen to Grace Enough podcast, just like you probably can um, any podcast on most li- listening platforms. And then I mostly hang out on Instagram. I am at Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber. And like Blake, we always like it when someone pops in to say hello, or even if you want to disagree with me, I'll take that too. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I love it. Thank you, Amber. You're welcome. Thanks. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.